The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save games the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to Content Optimization Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to continue our month-long deep dive into the words behind the numbers and discuss what you SEOs need to understand about content optimization. Joining us for the last time today is Robert Rose, who, according to his LinkedIn profile, is both the chief strategist and troublemaker at the Content Marketing Institute, which is a resource that helps marketers maximize their content marketing efforts by teaching them how to attract and retain customers through compelling multi-channel storytelling. And today, Robert and I are going to wrap up our conversation by talking about how you should be analyzing and evaluating your content marketing efforts. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's the last part of my conversation with Robert Rose, Chief Troublemaker at the Content Marketing Institute. Robert, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. We're going to have to set up some cocktails here soon. This is, um, this is becoming like a regular thing. You know, we're heading for third base here. I thought that this was going to be a one-part episode. We've gone so deep that we ended up doing three podcasts. So thank you for your patience and your time. And I'm excited to talk to you today about the analytics behind content. Uh, we talked so far this week about content's role in marketing and how it's becoming more prevalent as advertising is becoming a little less important and a little less effective. So people are using content not only for SEO, but also to syndicate and you know use as their advertising fodder. They're building experiences and that leads to changes in the team structure, which is what we talked about. All right, great. So we understand content's important. We figured out how we're going to structure our team 
And as it turns out, the SEOs are going to be in charge of everything, of course. <laughs> and now we need to figure out how to evaluate our content. Talk to me about some of the ways that brands are effectively viewing the purpose of their content, the utility it's providing, and you know, op- and doing their optimization. What's analytics look like today in a modern content marketing world? Yeah, and as you might expect, it's you know our point of view on this is that it is less about the content than it is about the impact that it's having on the audiences we want to attract and retain. And so, what I mean by that is is that so often what happens in that world where all the things that we've talked about over the last couple of shows aren't in place, where there isn't a function of content, where there isn't a strategy, and where there isn't uh, a true operating model, what ends up happening is is that the production of assets simply become fodder for more classic marketing campaigns. And here's a perfect example. So many times, the way that I see content marketing being measured in a business is somebody creates a white paper, or somebody creates an infographic, or whatever it is, And we measure the infographic or the white paper's value based on the promotional campaign that was used to promote it. In other words, we create this amazing white paper or this amazing infographic and we spend thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars producing it, designing it, getting it ready. And then it either succeeds or fails based on how much money and or promotion it gets from the team in terms of promoting it as bait for a classic direct marketing campaign. And of course, when it fails, everybody blames the white paper. It was a bad white paper. No, it wasn't a bad white paper. It was a bad promotional campaign that fed the traffic to that white paper. I'm going to interrupt you and use a another metaphor. It's the Glengarry Glenn Ross leads. And for those of you who aren't familiar, there's a, a famous book and a play and a movie about sales where the salesmen are always blaming the quality of the leads and they're asking for better quality leads. It's the white paper's fault. It definitely isn't the advertising campaign that didn't work. It was the quality of what we were promoting. It's chicken or the egg. You need both. Exactly. And so the key there is is that when we start complaining about the quality of the asset that we're getting from the content team, what happens is, is that the inherent sort of reaction to that is to produce more. And of course, then quality continues to go down. And so what ends up happening is, is that you get this spike when we start to create these processes for producing assets where initially, it's all unicorns and rainbows and the things are great. But then as, as we start to scale, quality inevitably does go down. And so the assets become less differentiated. The promotional campaigns become less effective. And ultimately, content marketing starts to suffer. The key in understanding everything here is to understand that great content, great content marketing is harder, it's more expensive, and it takes longer than traditional creation of content for direct marketing purposes. It's just harder to create a great white paper than it is to create an ad. It just is. And so the key is how do we start linking all of this together into experiences that can distribute our content in a way that people want to belong to it. In other words, how do we start creating subscribers? How do we create audiences? Because audiences can be monetized in multiple ways. And that's the measurement of content marketing at its core is looking at what subscribed audiences do versus those that aren't. And I can, I can give you examples of this if you want. 
Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Well, I think my takeaway here is that you need to separate the quality of the content and you need to be able to evaluate whether the content was quality from the distribution channels, right? If you can measure the quality of the content and you could separate that from how did we take a quality piece of content and distribute it and what was the impact, right? That sort of God's eye view of what was the value of this content and its impact on business, then you're really talking. So let's talk about the first of the two parts there. How do you evaluate the quality of a piece of content? You evaluate it based on the overall impact that it has on a particular audience. And the way that we do that is we look at it in context with all the other things that we're creating. In other words, looking at content much more as a contribution toward a product. We talked in the last show about the sort of portfolio of experiences. So each piece of content should contribute to one of those portfolios, one of those portfolio pieces, whether we call that a blog or a resource center or a digital magazine or you know whatever it may be, how is it contributing to that? Did it create more subscribers? Did it create more engaged leads? Did it create a more impactful lead? You know, what did it create in terms of an impact over the course of time? A perfect example of this, worked with a business one time, they created this amazing white paper. And they put this white paper out through you know, a social campaign and a Google ad campaign. It did okay. The promotion of it was fine. I mean, it created a few leads and everybody went, great. And then it sort of sat in the dark place that always things get sat, you know, somewhere on the SharePoint server, it sat, you know, in the dark place and nobody used it again because it had served its purpose as part of that content promotion campaign. And, you know, we always promote new stuff. But interestingly, it sat out on the website and then about two quarters later, all of a sudden it produced like 25 leads in a week. And everybody was freaking out. Like, what happened here? Well, what happened was some influencer found it just by happenstance through a Google search, found it, shared it, got it really rocking and rolling, and created this wonderful distribution that they'd never even thought of. And all of a sudden, it started producing leads again. The question is, what's the value of that white paper? Was it 
the true value of it on day five when it had created a few leads and it suffered through a mediocre promotional campaign? Or was its true value after it had created 30 leads, you know, six and a half months later? You can't know. You can't know until it actually starts working in context with the other things that you're doing. And so what we have to do is we have to start thinking about how does each piece of content, like a brick, like a piece of raw material, contribute to the overall value of the thing that we're trying to get audiences to subscribe to. And that is where SEO can become a huge piece of what it is we're doing. Monster.com, just a quick example here. They won one of our content marketing awards a couple of years ago. They created what they call their career advice center. It's a microsite, which is basically, as you might expect, full of infographics and white papers and articles and videos on how to interview better, right? Basically, how to be a better interviewee, how to get a job. So each asset they create contributes to the overall value of that quote-unquote resource center. Now, 18 months later, 20% of all of their organic traffic goes there. Why? The obvious answer, because they're answering every question that their job seekers might have rather than sort of talking about themselves. The more important part is what happens when those audiences get there. 65% conversion rate from an asset there to a job search, which of course is their bread and butter. That's their money. Mm -hmm. The key is is that it created 48,000 new members. And when they looked at the 48,000 new members to their database that they would have had to have spent paid media to go get that came organically through organic search, that equaled $3 million in paid media that they didn't have to spend. Now, did they spend $3 million to build the Career Advice Center? No, they spent much less than that. That delta between what they received over the 18 months, treating their Career Advice Center as a product, as a portfolio piece to create value for audiences, between what they had to spend in paid media is the value of the resource center. A few important takeaways here. First off, you need to think about content as building out a collection, a content franchise, right? An individual piece of content is likely only going to have so much value when you continue to invest and you're publishing regularly and with, you know, sort of a a purpose and a theme, then you start to see incremental gains of the entire content asset over time. Same thing that we've done here with the Voices of Search podcast. If we had just launched one podcast, even if it was with Robert Rose and it was the greatest conversation on the planet, nobody's going to stick around, right? We have to build out cadence and that's an important part of content production. For me, the evaluation port, when you're trying to evaluate an individual piece of content, there can be multiple different purposes, right? How good is that piece of content for lead generation? How good is it for engagement? How good is it for conversion, right? You have to look at these different metrics for each individual piece of content. And then the distribution strategy and how you evaluate that comes separately. To me, that's a little bit after the fact is, great, I know that this piece of content is great for driving somebody through the funnel. It gets a high conversion rate. I need to figure out a syndication campaign where this piece of content is going out to everyone that we think is close to converting. This piece of content is great. These content assets are great for lead generation, like the monster.com example, we need to figure out how to get this content to people that we don't know yet. And so when we talk about content evaluation, I do think that there is a understanding of the purpose of each piece of content and building out the tools to be able to evaluate what piece of content fits into a couple of different buckets. Is it a lead acquisition piece of content? 
Is it meant to be retention and engagement or is it supposed to drive leads? Yeah. Robert, am I thinking about this the right way? Absolutely. And so here's the magical piece of all of this, right? And this is sort of going to the, the monster model, if you will. So by focusing in on how they build a valuable experience, and then for them, it's this career advice center. Here's an interesting thing that happens. All of those assets that they're creating for the career advice center, all themed, all editorial calendarized, all, you know, like wonderful building upon each other, et cetera. They also make great sales promotion assets, right? In other words, if I create this amazing article, uh, this original piece of research, for example, which they do. They create original research because as you might expect, they've got tons of data to be able to do that. They create an original research piece. They put it on the Career Advice Center, but they don't only put it on the Career Advice Center. They also create a version of that that they give to PR. And PR uses that to go get coverage in Fast you know, Company or Inc. and get an article written about this original research. They give that original research in another format to the sales guys who can actually go out to their corporate customers and use that asset to actually generate more leads for corporate customers. They give that asset to demand generation and let them do a Google campaign on that and let them do an immediate lead generation campaign that's paid in nature. You can still use all those assets for the on-demand needs of the organization as you start building the long-term asset that is building an audience. Really interesting stuff. Robert, I'm, I'm afraid that after our third episode, we're finally running out of time. Let me just say, <laughs> I always appreciate having you on the show. It means a lot to me and a lot to us here at Search Metrics to have your voice be included in the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you for being our guest and thanks for the insights. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Robert Rose, the Chief Content Strategist and Troublemaker at the Content Marketing Institute. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Robert, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is Robert underscore Rose, or you can visit his company's website, which is contentadvisory.net. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions, question about this show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the Voices of Search, you can find a link to my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. All right, that's it for today. But remember, until next time, the answers are always in the data.